What's up, Phantom? Just went live on Twitch. I got an email telling me. Oh, good. We went, we've been live for like 20 minutes, but I'm glad it, it just got to you. <laughs> well, because I, I, I don't normally check my email when we're doing this. Uh, oh, but, but I, now since we're not doing anything, you decided to check your eye. Well, no, I'm clear. I'm closing windows. I was trying to do it discreetly. Just closing windows or anything that might interrupt my broadband. I haven't, had a, I haven't had a glitch in a long time, though. Uh, I We had some glitches. Uh, but speaking of glitches, what's up, Phantom? My name is Josh. I'm joined by Jason Simpson. Hi. Hi. Jason Simpson here. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the 2022... Wait, was it? Now I'm second-guessing. Oh, yeah. No, 22. Yeah, the 2022... Uh, not animated, so Jason can't fault me for that. Um, Ryan Johnson film, Glass Onion. A the, Knives Out story. The, this, yeah, a Knives Out story. A sequel-ish thing to uh, to Knives Out. Uh, Jason, it's mm. been a while. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, our first guest of 2023. What? Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Congrats. Well, thanks. I feel well, I mean, you're more of a co-host than a, than a guest, really. I would never say that. Just I wouldn't want to be so presumptuous. Guest but host. I, I appreciate uh, guest host. I like guest host. Yeah. Ghost? Ghost. Oh, you're Jason, our favorite ghost. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking about the 2022 film. Um, I... For, first off, uh, we're going to do a, a non-spoilery thing, um, I guess, for whatever reason. If for you've not watched it on Netflix yet, um, you do not have to watch Knives Out to understand anything about Glass Onion, which I thoroughly appreciated. Um, so if you if you have not watched Knives Out, I say go watch Glass Onion. It is a uh, full purchase from me. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're going the end. We're doing the end at the beginning. Yeah, we're doing I, the end at the beginning because I mean, I, you know, there's some some people they haven't watched it yet. It's not like the menu where nobody's watching. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I would definitely. It's definitely a purchase. It's it's really really good. It's very smart writing. Mm. Uh. So non uh, non spoiler is over. So we are all spoilers from now on. Wow, it was. That was short non-spoiler exactly like why do you listen to the episode if like why would you click on something called glass onion and then not i don't know we're trying it out for 2023 doing a short non-spoiler thing so people can be like and done listen to five minutes of the episode and leave um yeah so uh glass onion um i like how it starts off with a puzzle um there's a lot of there's there's a lot of craziness like first up uh, the fact that Yo-Yo Ma was like at this party, and I'm like, what's, yeah, what's Yo-Yo Ma doing? Because <laughs> he's cool. And I don't say that uh, ironically or sarcastically. I think he's probably just a cool guy. Like he listens to heavy metal and, you know, drinks gross, he whatever. Drinks. He uh, just, and drinks. <laughs> so he just, he drinks. Yo-Yo Ma. No, but he's he's at that weird party, and he just fits in because he's Yo-Yo Ma, and he just fits in everywhere. He could go into any party he wanted to. My my biggest issue with this is I don't believe that Yo-Yo Ma would go to a like a, a party in New York during COVID without a mask. I feel like Yo-Yo Ma would be like, hey, no. You're getting political now, right out of the gate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Going that's, a really good, that's a really good point, though. Yeah. 
also i like the fact that this this movie does have masks yeah. and it's like hey no we're not gonna pretend that it didn't happen like every other movie that came has come out since yeah. covid we're just glossing over it uh i like that they did that i thought that was good and it actually uh, does a good job of representing the different types of people who went through mm-hmm. COVID. those who want to wear their masks those who couldn't care less those who were opposed those who do um, it because it's like the fashionable thing to yeah, do yeah. like that sequence mask that she had on that's like fishnet they're like that's yeah. great <laughs> good job <laughs> that's funny yeah uh, i appreciated that i liked uh all and like a lot of really good references and everything because like we had uh dave batista as like the tucker carlson mixed with uh uh oh what's the dude that one guy the Infowars dude yeah alex jones alex jones mixed with i guess tiger king just throw it all together there <laughs> what a combo yeah uh, that's what we are and i thought dave batista probably stole the show it was absolutely phenomenal he was great he really was he's really coming i don't want this is such a dumb thing to say people say it all the time but he really is coming into, into his own but you listen to any interview this guy's given in the last two years and he's very vocal in that he wants to be a serious actor wants to be taken seriously uh, even when he's doing comedy he's tired of drax he's thankful for drax but he wants to move away from that and do st- stuff with more substance mm-hmm. and i can appreciate that yeah um so also who who was in the uh the zoom call with yeah there uh, was, it was it was angela was lansbury angela lansbury angie i think he called her um angie, uh steven sondheim. sondheim two people that have both passed away by the time this movie has come out which is very sad um, kareem abdul jabbar kareem abdul and then who was the other oh uh it was uh the russian doll girl yeah you got who, it uh you got it here it comes folks Maggie Sorry. Gyllenhaal, Natasha Leon, Natasha Leon. Okay, dang it. Uh, I yeah. was close with Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, but no, I thought that was I thought that was really good. Um, and then what we have like a Serena Williams. That uh, was, that was fantastic. That was amazing. He's just like there, like on call just for whatever somebody reading a book or something. Oh, she was reading a book, and it was. I, he had uh, referenced in the first movie. Yeah, it was uh what's it shoot, what's the dude's name? Yeah. It was in the Knives Out. Yeah, his book. Uh oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh I thought I thought that was nice. Like a lot of the little references were really good. Uh also I thought the humor was really good in the movie. Like the jokes hit. Um I thought they were I thought they were good. Um Yeah, there was nothing that was that was really eye rolling or terrible no uh i also pretty fresh yeah i also feel like they actually ended the movie really well like i like the end of this movie if we were to compare it to say i don't know just another movie that came around the same time we'll just say the menu um (laughs) wow i feel like i feel like glass onion stuck the landing whereas uh they both ended with a bang they both ended with a bang yes uh fiery bang um, but I feel like, yeah, like Glass Onion sticks the landing and, uh, I feel that the menu like tripped halfway through and then broke its leg. 
uh, and then was never never able to even get to the the bar to attempt a land. So I, that's kind of what I feel on that. Um, but yeah, I I, I really like the um, the kind of twist that we get with Knives Out. I thought that was great. Uh, oh, uh, we can't forget uh, the wonderful Hugh Grant as uh, Benoit's uh, lover, boyfriend, person, yeah, I husband, so. man. I mean, it's never said, but yeah, I assume so. Um, I thought the I thought the uh, the twist was good that oh, it was her sister the entire time. I was like, okay, that's nice. I enjoy uh, both of them doing the weirdest Southern accent that I've ever heard. Um, here, but here, here's the nice thing about that reveal of the sister. It comes. It's not at the end where it's here's the the whodunit revealed. It comes so much earlier, and then we get to see things unfold. Uh, like a lot longer than a lot of movies do. A lot of movies give us the big final reveal in the end of the third act and uh, problem solved. But this mm -hmm. really revealed it so much quicker. And then we got to see how it unfolded again, but from a different perspective. And that was very yeah. smart. I thought that was good. And then like when you see like, so you see her die and you're like, oh man, that's that's crazy. And then it's like, oh, by the way, she's not actually dead. Like you, it yeah. continues on again. And you're like, wait, what? Now there's like two different, like there's like four different stories going on at the same time. But they're all from like this. There's all the same story, just from a different viewpoint. I thought that was great. It was like, I liked Knives Out. I thought Knives Out was really good. Yes. Leaps and bounds better than Knives Out. I think Glass Onion like, oh, wow, like killed it. Like it was, it was so good. Um, sad that Dave Batista dies. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah. If he wasn't dead from the from the pineapple juice, he definitely got exploded. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. What if he was okay from the pineapple juice? <laughs> like, will? Um, I, I I thought that was good. Like the whole like just the access of everything um, that uh, Edward Norton had like miles braun who's yeah. just elon uh right. <laughs> um how over the top everything with his like this is the this is the guitar that john lennon wrote whatever on just like throws it on the beach like just doesn't care has so much wealth yeah mccartney um, same thing i don't care yep. who cares they're they're both dead but but the movie but then the movie sorry benoit explains that maybe it wasn't or no, he doesn't explain that. He we no, he explains in a roundabout way that Braun is really just not that smart. Maybe mm -hmm. he didn't know it was maybe it wasn't McCartney's guitar. And maybe he just didn't get how much it was. And it wasn't just this act of I've got so much money. It was just he's just a dope. Yeah. I like that I like that idea that we're not quite sure. Like this guy is like the smartest man in the room. And they're like, No, he's an idiot. Yeah, no, like, he's a yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. I, there's there's a part where I think it's Kate Hudson is talking like and she's like uh, they're explaining something and they're like they're like it's either stupid or it's genius and he's like no it's just stupid it's, stupid. it's, it's just like, stupid yeah like I was like no that's good that's that's a good call out just like just say it as it is like he's not he's not the most uh you know he's not the smartest guy in the room. Um, Benoit Blanc is usually the smartest guy in the room. I love that also that Benoit's like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah, I, I figured out your whole entire murder mystery in like 13 seconds. Like, yeah. I, I was, I already had it. 
I, I thought that was great. Like, like I said, like the humor in this is really, really good. I think it does a really good job with the humor. Um, I kind of want to watch it again tonight. I want to get some, I want to get some Chinese food. I want to get some Dan Dan noodles. Uh, and I want to, uh, watch glass onion again after, after the last of us. Well, the last of us doesn't come on until eight. Oh, so yeah. Eight my time, eight my time. So I got, I got time. I got time. Uh, one thing that I thought was funny, but I didn't quite get the genesis of it, which maybe makes it funnier is what's with the Jeremy Renner hot sauce. And why is that? Why was that a, a recurring joke? I don't know. I don't think it was. I, it, it was just like there. I, I have no idea. It's kind it's, of name dropping for the fun of it. Yeah, I think it's just name drop because like they do that throughout the, the like there's what is what is like Jared Joseph Leto. Gordon, Jared Leto's like tequila or something like that. Oh, no, it's Jared Leto's kombucha. Kombucha, Jared Leto's kombucha, yeah. Kombucha, <laughs> just, uh, kombucha um, what was it? Kombucha what? Not spritzers, but. This was a kombucha seltzer. Seltzer or something like that. Yeah, it's like not percent alcohol or. <laughs> That was very, very funny. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the sound of the dong. Oh, that's right. Which sounds weird, but hmm. I did not know that until I saw that in an interview. I, I thought it was Ed Norton's voice, but it's very funny just having him because of Brick way back when, when they did Brick together, him and Johnson. It's, yeah, I think that's just name drop so that we can name drop, which I'm totally fine with. It's, you guys are all supposed to be these like, elite people like yeah go ahead drop the names go for it celebrities have the most random crap anyway that they endorse why not so it's like blood <laughs> i would love i would love a very convincing hot sauce that looks yeah. like blood um i i would love to oh god and and when she like it like goes down and like gets in like her nose and everything yeah. and she's like trying not to like i thought that was great like i said like comedy it just hit for me it was it, it did really good um and yeah like i i love all the name drops but yeah i i would like to try um uh jeremy renner's hot sauce yeah i wonder if that's any good uh janelle monet uh i know she's a musician i mm -hmm. haven't heard any of her music no that's not true i have it's not my thing it's not my style but um she is a great actor yeah, I didn't know, like... She's in a movie she... called Antebellum. Sorry, I'm cutting you off there. Yeah, she Antebellum and then Moonlight. Those yeah. are, like, the only two things that I know her from. Totally different roles for each mm -hmm. of those. And now this, playing two different roles, uh, you know, briefly. She, she, yeah, she was very convincing, whatever that means. She's just very good, very believable the entire time. Mm -hmm. Such a pompous, weird, actory thing to say, but... Well, I mean, it's like she, she, yeah, I think she, she, she did a really good job. I think everybody really kind of kills it in, in this movie. I thought Edward Norton was a great bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he does that edge of dopey really well. That sort of like, you can see it in his eyes a little distance and he kind of has that, uh, well, uh, he's so good at that. He also plays dark evil conniving sharp really well but we've all seen that so many times mm -hmm. but to see him play this guy a really good turn for him yeah like when he like gets the napkin and then just like burns it and everything you're like oh okay um also i love everything like the foreshadowing with uh the 
up and down with like the the glass case with the Mona Lisa and everything. Yeah. And also, why? Well, yeah, like, why? That was my thought. Why? Uh, yeah, it it only served to. It was it was the, the what's the call? What's the uh, the gun line? If you're going to show the gun, you have to use it. Is that theater or not? The, but uh, Chekhov's gun. No. Yeah, I, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like if if if, if you're going to sh- you've got to use it in the yeah. So showing the Mona Lisa, there was just no way they weren't going to, that wasn't going to be a pivotal moment at some point. But I think maybe most people like me forgot about that. You get caught up in all the other stuff and had, so anyway. Well, I mean, like they kept, the, the reason like I, I it, it like stuck for me is because they, they kept doing like the sound and everything. They would speak yeah. really loud and they just say like, like all the time. I'm like, we've got to be doing something here. Either like Edward Norton's gonna get his like head stuck in here or something, or oh yeah, gonna, like set on yeah because they kept going closer and closer and pushing mm-hmm. in. Yeah, we knew something was happening. I was like, something's happening. Um, it didn't. I like I like when they kind of break everything. I thought that was really good and like just like smashes Liberace's piano. I was like, yeah, oh, was, not Liberace's like, piano. That was the straw that started to like he. You could see in his face. Okay, that's a little too far now. Yeah. Um. If you could, I watched a couple of videos after because I, I knew there was going to be stuff that I'd missed. And there was a lot of like little, little tiny things that all throughout that I missed. Well, that one painting of him, of himself shirtless, almost naked. I'm like, that is Tyler Durden right there. And sure enough, that was sort of the reference. It was a, him like as that. Tyler Durden. Yeah, that was, I love that. Uh, little, little meta there. But um, maybe this is not the right time to ask this, but. Who was the who was the weakest in that ensemble for you? Um. Oh. Uh, of the main people, like if there's maybe there isn't anyone that you thought was weak. Maybe there was all just wonderful casting. The, uh, I have to find her name. I don't. I know she's. Well, there's Kate Hudson. There's Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Oh, Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Interesting. I had. I sorry. I had to look up the on on IMDb and see what her name was. I thought. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I. I <laughs> That character is just kind of, I mean, kind of the same with uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Like, it's the same, like, they didn't really do anything for me. They were in the movie, and they were there, yeah, but they I didn't sh- do anything. I can't disagree with that. Uh, I saw, I remember seeing uh, Jessica Henwick's character, the assistant, and I thought, mm-hmm. she, okay, she doesn't, she actually didn't play a pivotal role, but she really held her own. Yeah, like, with everything with, like, her and Kate Hudson, like their whole dynamic with each other, like yeah. that was like, if if anybody other than Edward Norton was gonna be the killer, it was gonna be Kate Hudson. Right. Like yeah. th- that, that's everybody else. You're like, nah, I don't really care about these. I was kind of thinking it was gonna be just a uh, Jessica Hemwig. Like I was like, what if she maybe like did kind of do it? Because like if she loses, we're gonna go back to the menu. <laughs> It's just like what's it's just like uh uh what was that was that John Leguizamo and yeah. his assistant like yeah, the I... same type of thing like if she leaves then it's like yeah it's kind of gone like that's like her whole like world um and if that ends then it's over you, you know what would have been interesting is uh for Johnson to to write this in like four different endings 
kind of like Clue did way, way back, 40 years ago, whatever that was, where you really could, in a viable way, flesh out how four different people could have committed the murder in their in their own way. And then, I'm just rewriting the script here for him. And even though they're all four of those stories are the one thing Benoit could then... Uh, you know, reveal who, what the actual, who the actual killer was. Anyway, that's just me daydreaming. Um, I mean, uh, I, I'm there with you. Like the only two, like the only two that I, I would have any hard time believing that they did anything was, uh, Catherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr. Like I yeah. love him as Aaron Burr. I'm glad he shot Lin-Manuel Miranda. I thought that was the best <laughs> part of the entire musical, wow. but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like th- that was like they were like the two weakest parts for me. And it's not that their acting was bad. It was just like that was their characters. Their characters didn't have. They were just connivy, you know, talky bad about people. And that was it. And I was like, oh, well, that's your characters mean nothing. It's, you're um, here because you're here, I guess. There's one character in that movie that uh, we only got to see very, 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 very briefly, and I wish we could have seen him for the entire movie. I would have taken Catherine Hahn out and made this guy uh, the governor or whatever. Uh, he plays her, Dallas Roberts. He plays her husband. Um, he, maybe, maybe you've not seen him in many things, but uh, he's been in so much stuff. I mean, we just watched him a couple months ago in The Gray. He's just a, He was in Walking Dead, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. Just a really solid fantastic actor i'd like to see more of him in these main mainstream movies she but, was in 310 to yuma sorry that's fine that's a great movie i'm just trying to figure out how he um how he got into this i mean unless he just auditioned this doesn't seem this just doesn't seem like a movie where people auditioned it was right. brian johnson saying i'm writing this for you i'm booking you for this thing because i want you to be this character so he's there for a reason he did motherless brooklyn with ed norton so maybe it was a maybe that's it maybe that's a hey i've but i love the idea that you see this movie and it's it seems like a true ensemble brought together for a reason not just we auditioned a thousand people and you booked the part it seems like they were all chosen by ryan johnson very specifically because he wanted them in this movie i love that i think that's a great way to cast movies who was who was uh what was it what was that one guy's name who was like the he was like living on the island right D- uh daryl daryl was it daryl who who uh, was that and uh, yeah his name is uh, uh noah segan noah segan oh he wasn't he in i know he was in brick he was in um oh he was yeah. in knives out oh was he he was a cop in Knives Out. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. He was the trooper. No, but he was also in Looper. <laughs> oh, trooper. okay. To go he... with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dong. Wasn't he... Wasn't he Blue Guy or whatever his name was? Uh, in <laughs> Joseph Gordon's dong. Um, yeah, in Looper. He was Kid Blue in Looper. Oh, he was also an X-Wing pilot in The Last Jedi. I just remember... I remember reading an interview with him... Uh, and he he talked about this um, this odd imbalance of playing such a prominent character in Looper. He's kind of like the bad guy's henchman. He's Jeff Daniels' kind of henchman, his right hand. Mm-hmm. And having such 
having so much screen time and such an effective character, but making so little. And just because he's not that high up on the ladder, uh, it was a really interesting, maybe interesting for me being an actor, him just saying, well, you know, I got paid X amount of dollars while everyone else got paid. Everybody else got paid all this other stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting to see him in another Ryan Johnson movie. He, He was great. I mean, he's the Cato Caitlin, right? Uh, for those of you who are old, remember that. Jeez, shout out to Cato Caitlin. Uh, just living in the, in the boathouse, man. You didn't know nothing. He just lives in the boathouse. He's just the fall guy. I go surfing and whatever. I'm not even here, or whatever he said. I'm not here. What? See, what was his catchphrase? I'm not here, or I'm just leaving, or I can't remember. Very funny though. There had to be something there. Yeah, um, but like. There was nothing. It was just like he's definitely he's he's just there. He, he's a red herring the entire time. Like, is he gonna do? Yeah, red herring. You're anything? right. Anything? And uh, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe maybe that's what's next. I would I like to just see him popping up like just randomly, like he's <laughs> just in the other all the other Ryan Johnson movies that come out. I would like to see. I need to go back and watch that and see where exactly he comes out. If there's any sort of reference to like timing. Is he there when there's something interesting happening? And then what's in his room? I remember there was like a surfboard, a bong. Yeah, he was he was giving off like big Lebowski vibes. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Big, big Lebowski vibes. Now, that's what I would like to see in the next Knives Out. So Daniel Craig is in his tub. And then in a tub like equal to Daniel Craig is uh, uh, Daryl. Just like, he's he's also made of a he lives with Daniel Craig now. I think that would be he loves Benoit and and that's Hugh Grant. That would be great. Why isn't that feasible? I mean, that's totally seems like something that Benoit would do. He wears that little weird cap that he has in the bathtub. So why doesn't he have Daryl living in a room in his? Yeah, right. <laughs> why not? Also, that entire like so he, like when he and uh, that's funny. Oh, what is her name? Um, the character's name. Who brand? Was it was it or what? I don't know. Uh, oh, like when Janelle, Janelle, Janelle Monet, when and they're like discussing everything, and he goes, uh, like they're out on the balcony. That is the only balcony on the entire building. Like the entire building just has windows, and then there's one balcony, and that's Brand's balcony. I was like, what is this? I had to pause, it and I was like, there are no other balconies. He has oh. his own special Benoit balcony. Wait a second. Whose balcony? Benoit. Oh, Benoit Blanc. Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. Brand was Janelle Monet. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Like. Oh yeah. Benoit yeah. has his own balcony. Interesting. I was just like, why? Sure. Why not? Give it to him. He's yeah. the world's greatest detective. Why not? In- uh, he also plays like the dumb kind of like I don't know why I'm here. Very very well. It's very Columbo. Yes. Again, a throwback to way, way back, but he's just got that whole, uh, you know, one more thing. And we, you know that he knows exactly what's going on. He's just playing that part. And Benoit does that very well, just with that whole foghorn leghorn sound. Mm-hmm. I don't know what accent that's supposed to be, but I love it. Like, I'll, it's, I'll say it, boy. <laughs> that's like, he... <laughs> He had to. He watched Gone with the Wind like four times in order to get some sort of accent down. He was like, "This is what I'm gonna do." All I know is I know that uh, Daniel Craig 
has a box to break out of. He did great movies before Bond, and then Bond really put him in these this very constrained, serious, smoldering. But if you watch his career or followed his career, you know he's not just that. But this whole Knives Out series now really helps to just break him free of that. Yeah. Because he's not that serious, dour guy. He's he's really got great comedy chops. I I think if I if I was to give a my best Daniel Craig, like these two movies are I think leaps and bounds above any of like the double O movies that he's in. Well, I don't want to say that's unfair, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's he, he he's only got so much room in the in the double O movies to do anything. I mean, the last the last Bond movie really we saw where he could no spoilers, but you know, he's got a family. And so we could see a little more sensitivity and openness there, but otherwise he, he just uh, he wasn't the Roger Moore James Bond that was the cat and got to crack jokes and stuff. He just didn't do that. And he's not the Sean Connery that just is involved with every single woman Locked with that, any, that breathes in a, in a James Bond movie. Any movie, any woman that breathes. Yeah. Um, where was I going to go with that? I had one more thing to say about Daniel Craig, but Oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm just a small town hick redneck who's been living in Vancouver for a couple of years, but, um, do people in the real world with fashion sense wear their full top? And what I'm trying to say is he just walked right into that pool wearing that linen top and bottom, which was, it looked cool, the stripes. But Dude, I would have, I was telling Charlie, like we watched that. I was like, I was telling her like, I will wear this entire outfit. Like I want everything that he is wearing right now. It looked great, but would you just walk into a pool wearing? Would you take the top off or something? Or I mean, he just well, that outfit was a different outfit. That was his like bathing outfit, like his <laughs> okay his, his so... pool outfit. He had a pool outfit, and he had like that was a different outfit than the outfit that he wore on the beach and on the dock. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Okay. What if we've been what if we've been missing out, Jason? What if wearing more clothes in the pool is better? Like what if we should be wearing like the uh like a cardigan and like an old like 20s style um ba- bathing ensemble? I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. And yeah, we're missing out. I am cuz I mean, I look at that and I think what in the world says I don't even know if that's going to send to you. Nope. <laughs> it's just this uh uh striped top and bottom and he just walks right into the pool. And I, that's what I'm asking. Is that that's an acceptable thing to do with certain types of fa- I guess it's a fashionable thing. Anyways, I don't want to spend any more time on that. Sorry. Well, it's it's also I think he's also he's definitely an old soul. Yeah, I that, mean, the that, only other person that wears ascots is Fred from Scooby Doo. That's like literally Benoit Blanc and Fred. That that pink shirt that he's got on with the just the loose ascot, and he wears that mask when he's waiting on the dock. I mm-hmm. mean, man, if I could wear that kind of stuff every day, dude. Like the the linen <laughs> pants that he's wearing with the linen shirt. I'm just like, oh my gosh, that looks so nice. I feel like Daniel Craig probably actually wears stuff like that anyway 
Oh, I, I would imagine that's, that's, they were like, Hey, uh, come to set. We'll, we'll get, we'll get you into wardrobe. And they looked at what he was wearing. They were like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You're good. You're good. This you you look the part. And he's like, all right, I'm here. Uh, and that whole safari looking outfit that he wears when he solves the crime. Yeah. And his pants are up to here. It just looks like a million bucks. He looks so good. So good job on the, uh, well, everyone did actually. Everyone's got a, everyone looked phenomenal in that movie like it needs to win something for like i don't know wardrobe yeah i i would like to see i don't think it is but like i think lord of the rings is going for like best uh <clears throat> well, it'd, be, it'd be costume design I best guess. costume design but i mean like knives out though or uh, glass onion though see, that's that's something that's always interested me when it comes to the academy awards is best costume design or wardrobe design whatever they call it i can't remember now and you've got something like glass onion, which is uh, current fashion. Somebody just putting some some things together from like the GQ magazine. Yeah, which looks amazing. Versus Lord of the Rings. <laughs> How is that even a? That's I mean they're both doing excellent jobs, and sure I might give the award to you know Glass Onion, but those things they need to have their own. I think they need to have their own categories. Yeah. Fantastical. Fantastical wardrobe. Fantastical wardrobe. Yeah. Like, uh, not wardrobe that you can go into Macy's and buy, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> now, I would like to see the glass onion collection at Macy's, then I would definitely go in and buy it. I'm, I'd go in and be like, hey, I need size extra fat because I'm not going to be able to fit in those pants. Um, he, oh, here's an interesting fact. He wears a Seamaster, an Omega Seamaster watch in this movie. So Benoit has one. The, I don't know if it's the exact same, but James Bond also wears a Seamaster. So that was a nice little Oh, watch. maybe that's a thing. He talks about his Omega watch in the very first Bond movie. Yeah, he talks about it on the, tra they're on a train or something, him and, him and Eva Green. Maybe that's, maybe that's, again, that's just Daniel Craig's watch. And he was it. just talking to Ava Green about it, like on the belay. This is my Omega watch. Yeah, <laughs> he's very true. proud of it. He rolls in in his own stuff. He's like, "I'll be wearing this." Okay, uh, all right. Uh, he showed up in full stormtrooper outfit when he was in when he was in Star Wars. Uh, he's just like, "Yeah, this is me." I said, "I I just came," and they're like, "All right, put him in the movie." <laughs> this is my like cocktail attire. Stormtrooper. I would love. I would love for Dan Ryan. That wasn't even Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. Which one was Ryan Johnson's Star Wars? Was that the second one? That was the yeah. Okay. The last no the Last the, Jedi. Last Jedi. So right. the second one. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe that's where they met. <laughs> Eight one. I mean, I'm sure Ryan Johnson was on the set for that. For what? The first Star Wars. I doubt it. For what? Doing what? I mean, if it were me and I had a bunch of money, I had like more than a billion dollars invested in this stuff, I'd be like, okay, all the directors are going to get to... Actually, no, I would only have one director. Um, that was... That, that'd be me. <laughs> Never mind. I take I everything know. back. I take it all back. Yeah. I don't know if JJ would want uh, all these other directors on set while he's working. Um, I, mean, I don't know if I'd cast JJ as my director. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, what's done is done. Yeah. Dude is fantastic about starting shows and then leaving by, like, the fourth season and letting them try to stand on their own and they just collapse. But, you know, whatever. It's it's fine. It's fine. 
Um, so Glass Onion, I think, yeah, we both gave it a uh, definitely a watch from us. Uh, I would love a um, behind the scenes commentary thing if Netflix could be super cool and give me one of those. I would love to watch that. Um, if I gotta buy the buy the Blu-ray for it, I'll do that. But yeah. oh yeah, sorry, uh, my, my apologies. I I spaced out there. I was I just watched something that just came out, and then there was a behind the scenes making of, but I can't. Oh, it was uh, yeah, right. Sorry, sorry. Eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. Did you watch that? I don't uh, no, it's it's on it's on my it's in my queue, which is uh, kind of sad now that it's uh, the only it's season yeah. in my queue. But all, all I wanted to say about that is. It was a fantastic season, but there was a 40 minute or 45 minute behind the scenes of how they made stuff. And I think, I think with Netflix's, with their resources, they should do that with every, everything that is an original Netflix show. They should do because it's brilliant. People love that stuff. It would be great to see how they made this giant onion house out of, you know, CG and in Greece. And yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see that too. I mean, like, if you shoot a, we'll say, if you shoot a 10-episode series, I want at least a five-episode behind-the-scenes behind the, seasons, uh, behind the uh, scenes season of the show as well. Like, I would love that. Could you imagine that, though? Like, it's like, hey, we're filming the new season of The Witcher and all the, the weird stuff that's happening on beside, or The Last of Us. Like all the different stuff that's happening on The Last of Us, like I would love to see them then do like, okay, now here's, you know, the first two, you know, us filming, you know, a couple episodes of The Last of Us, and here's all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, like seeing how they're making the clickers, how they're, uh, you know, they're directing uh, Bella and what's his name? Uh Pedro. Yeah. Just to see how they're doing stuff like that, like how they're, you know, What's his name in real life. Yeah, it's Pedro Pascal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like how they're doing all that type of stuff, like what, like what they're seeing as opposed to what we see, because like as a as an audience, we never really get to see that. No. We don't see exactly what they're seeing. No. Like, like are are they filming the majority of this on a like on an actual set? Is most of it green screen? what are we doing with this? Like, I would love to see how we're, we're doing. And usually HBO's pretty good about that. Like with Westworld and stuff like that, they'll have like a little bitty, like behind the scenes type of thing at the end of the episode, but it's never as in depth as you want it to be. You know, Disney's doing that or has done that with their original. So Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, Kenobi maybe, but especially Mandalorian showing, showing the soundstage, the volume it's called and how they've, revolutionize that and really anything that anyone who's using any type of well i shouldn't say that it's it's expensive but a lot of shows are now using that and it's just taking over from where you know green screen and blue screen has left off and it's just this brilliant technology that i I don't know if favreau helped make that create it but he certainly exploited it in the good way uh with um excuse me, with the Mandalorian, and now everyone's using it. You watch that uh, 1899 behind the scenes and all their, all their watery stuff, everything is shot in this giant round room. It's all projected on the screen. It's so cool. Man, I love stuff like that. Maybe one day we'll get to go tour that, Jason. 
Let's do it. Let's go over there. Yeah, we'll just show up. We'll show up <laughs> dressed like Daniel Craig. It'll be fine. <laughs> no That's how they let us in. You just got to show up dressed like Daniel Craig. Just throw on a stormtrooper helmet and you're fine. Yeah, we'll be great. Uh, Jason, thanks for thanks for joining me today for our Glass Onion chat. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. One thing that I forgot to mention. I am terrible about music in movies. I usually don't care. But there's a part where they're talking about Batman, and it's uh, it's uh, Daniel Craig and uh, Janelle Monae. They're on the balcony again, and he's... Uh, he's talking about like I think they're talking about Batman and like the Tim Burton bum, 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 you know is is going and I'm like wait a sec is John is, is John Williams like, did he do the music for this and I was looking I was like no he didn't it's somebody else but like like the f- fact that they got away a with being able to sample a little bit of that I was right. like my 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 I don't care about music brain heard that and was like my don't care about music brain cares about this i had to rewind it and tell charlie i was like no listen it was batman i was i was very i was very happy about that um that's uh, he that's uh nathan johnson he's ryan johnson's brother oh the The oh that seems like nepotism i think i believe it's his brother if i remember my uh the podcast correctly um yeah he's done all of johnson's uh stuff maybe it's his cousin no i'm pretty sure it's his brother hmm so this is it says his relatives ryan johnson sibling ryan johnson cousin (laughs) better get your imdb straight pal (laughs) so who knows it's one of those two things anyway well here's the thing could be both we're not gonna judge well no i mean no we won't judge no uh, I mean, that one dude was his own grandpa. I heard the song. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, that that's going to be... I think that's going to wrap it up for our Glass Onion uh, episode. Uh, Jason, again, thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, Where yeah. can people uh, find you social media-wise? I'm on Twitter. No, you know, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I haven't been on for a while, but uh, yeah. Attaboy Simpson is Twitter, and Simstagrams is uh instagram and then there's some other ones whatever that whale one is i stopped yeah. doing the other ones like that mastodon hi yeah I, I i was like no <laughs> I've been on, no i haven't been on those at all so i don't know that's where they can find me nice uh anything coming out soonish not sure interesting glad we had this talk <laughs> uh i got a couple things but i don't know when they're coming out so uh i'll let you know all right yeah just keep us surprised we'll tweet about it That'll be fun. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom and on What's Up Fandom PC for Podcast on Twitter. Uh, check out our anime podcast, the Anime Book Club. Um, just type in Anime Book Club. We're on all your social medias. Um, you can also find those episodes as long as well as the What's Up Fandom episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Popping, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Thanks to one out of ten for the intro and outro for this episode. Um, Oh, did you hear about the uh, uh, History of the World Part 2? Did you hear about the... Uh... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. while you were talking, I turned on the Twitch. Um, the History of the World Part 2. Yeah. In, like Mel Brooks. Yeah. Coming to thinking? Hulu. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like a four-night event 
Uh, like starting like March 6th. Starting March 6th, live on Hulu. And it makes me think of, do you remember those old um, like made-for-TV movies that were like super popular? I want to say like in the late 90s, early 2000s, where it would be like a multi-night event where it would like start on a Sunday yeah. for like part one and then part two and then part three ends on like Tuesday. Yeah, I certainly remember those, yeah. Yeah, like Dinotopia. Oh, uh, wow. Or or Merlin starring everybody's favorite Merlin, Sam Neill. Um, oh. Yeah, like that. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking it's going to be, but like it, I'm excited. The list of people that is in this is ridiculous. Check that out. Yeah, definitely check it out. I think it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, we're also... I would assume uh, it's Mel Brooks. Yep, Mel Brooks. Yep. He does a thing at the beginning and he talks about like, hey, it's me, Mel Brooks, and doing the thing, getting the shameless cash grab, just like Spaceballs, the, the second one. You know, maybe that'll be coming next. Maybe we'll get Spaceballs next. Spaceballs 2. I was looking at the cat. Oh, there's a teaser. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll yeah. Uh, gonna be good. Uh, also, Jason, I need you to think of one more thing. We're we're gonna be doing Gary Old Month, and it's oh. a month. We're gonna it's a month of Gary Oldman movies where Gary Oldman is the bad guy. Okay. So we've got Fifth Element. Yep. Leon. Yep. Book of Eli. Oh, Book of Eli is a good one. I can't remember what the other ones were. Air Force One. Air Force One. Kind of a bad guy in uh, True Romance. Mm. Oh, uh, Lost in Space. Yeah, Doctor Smith. Yeah. Um, and there was another one that he was a bad guy in. I mean, there's plenty. Of I forgot about Air Force One. Get off my plane! Oh man, is he like a Russian? Like, there he's pretending to be like a Russian journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would we let a Russian journalist on the plane, Air Force One? <laughs> that well, seems. Uh, well, he plays uh, he plays Dracula. If that's oh a bad yeah, guy. I think we were doing Dracula. I think it was it was Dracula, um, Lost in Oswald. Space. Uh, okay. But I mean, yeah, like uh, Air Force One would be a good one. Yeah, we wanted to do a whole month of Gary Oldman being the bad guy, like our our best Gary Oldman being the bad guy movies. I mean, Leon's perfect. So's yeah. uh, Fifth Element. Um, Fifth Element, great, because like, he and Bruce Willis are never on screen at the same time. <laughs> the hero and the villain never meet. Right. He plays... Um, uh, he's in Hannibal. Unrecognizable. Because huh. he's, he's, he plays... Uh, he has all the hogs. He feeds the guy to the hogs. He, and his face is, his face is completely mutated because he... Have you not seen Hannibal? No. Okay. You, you make him sound like Bricktop from Snatch. It's uh, it's it's Ridley Scott's, um, Julianne Moore, uh, Ray Liotta, and then Oldman plays uh, this old, this wealthy old. He has a sort of a voice like that, kind of a Benoit, but you cannot recognize him. His face is covered in prosthetics. He looks all mutated and like he said. Anyway. He's great. Interesting. In Interesting. Yeah. So we're going to be doing Gary Old Month as well. So that'll be fun. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes as well. I don't know what that movie is. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Is that uh, Andy Serkis or? Yeah. Okay. I didn't watch any of those. Okay. 
I don't like monkeys. All right. I feel like if monkeys, we could we could get rid of them. Just all of well, them. We don't need them. They're apes. They're not monkeys. They're apes. Same thing. Same thing. Orangutans. Whoa, that is apist. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah. Monkeyist. If they if they were to not be on Earth tomorrow, be okay with it. I mean, yeah, sure. Because it, they, uh, yeah, right. I mean, any sort of ape or monkey, if they were all of a sudden disappeared, yeah, is my life going to change? No. Yeah. Might have memories. Nah, not at all. Terrible, terrible monkeys. I think because I watched like Contagion or something as a child. I love gorillas, though. I love King Kong. Ah, uh, no. See what 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 did it with with monkeys was like contagion. Like one of those ones where a monkey starts like the virus Outbreak. thing. Outbreak. Outbreak. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. And then uh, gorillas. It was um, the Michael Crichton movie. Congo. Congo. Yeah. Can't do that. Those were some scary, Terrible. scary monkeys. I'm, I'm done. I don't want scary gorillas. Um, yeah, Amy need to not watch that movie no more. So Amy, that's Amy scared. Amy. Uh, Josh, Josh scared. Uh, need to turn Amy off and probably Amy. take, uh, take, take Amy. Uh, movie break it in half and throw it in the garbage. That's what needs to happen. Break DVD. Uh, oh god what a terrible movie what a garbage film anyway so uh we won't dwell on garbage films anymore I'm gonna watch it again. like congo oh please don't i haven't watched it since the theater in 95 so i'm looking forward to it oh i'm sure it's it's aged like a fine cheese <laughs> like, like it's aged like a fine milk just yeah, fine milk. <laughs> delicious <laughs> um all right well jason thanks again for coming on man pleasure thanks for having me uh-huh so for what's a phantom i'm josh i'm jason bye everybody bye-bye